welcome to Mitcham Hills Online. It's great to be together. Today we've got Stuart and he's going to be talking to us about can we live freely and lightly. So we're hoping you'll stick around and listen to that. If you want to know more about us as a church, then jump onto our website. You can receive regular uh, newsletters where we give you a heap of information on things going on in the life of our church. But we hope you can take the next little while to listen to Stuart and hear what it means to know that God is always with us, even when we're carrying heavy things. Hey, it's really good to be here, but I, I gotta admit I'm feeling a little bit of pressure because I'm on the week after Kay and Emma and Rachel share. Weren't they amazing last week? It was really good. So I want to share with you, it's really, it's not really a sermon, I'm actually just going to workshop a few things I'm working through with the Lord, so uh, we're just going to take it easy and share, and I'm going to take the inspiration of Rachel, who really did open up and was vulnerable for us last week. You see, I'm feeling a bit old. My son turns 21 tomorrow. I thought I'd hear a gasp then, a surprise, but uh, my son turns 21, and it's got me thinking about how quickly he's gone from being a little baby that I held in my arms to a little boy that was running around. I was watching video of him. He's running around. He was so cute. And now he's a man. And I, there's no mistaking that he's a man because the other day he said to me, hey, Dad, how's it feel to no longer be the alpha male in the family? <laughs> or occasionally I'll be in the walk-in pantry and then suddenly I feel a great shadow as he stands there like this and blocks the door. And I know he, I'm going to try to get out and he's going to go, hoo, hoo, and he's going to humiliate me until I say, please move. But then he reminds me that he's not just a, a boy in a man's body, that he's actually growing up because sometimes he comes over to the same walk-in pantry as I'm getting something I shouldn't be getting and he goes, Dad, do you really need that? <laughs> so there's all these reminders of what it's like to have this, this son who's growing up, but it got me reflecting on parenting and the whole journey of seeing a child grow into an adult. And I realised that it starts off really well. And the reason it starts off so well is there's, there's a power imbalance. You've got these little kids that can do anything for you. They have no ch choice. And I'm glad I'm actually speaking this week and not last week when it was Mother's Day because I wouldn't have been able to get away with this, but I want to talk about my mum. She milked this. When I was little, mum said to me, Stuart, come here, brush my hair. I go, brush your hair. She goes, get up there and brush your hair. So I'd get the brush and I'd stand up behind her as she's watching television and I'd brush her hair thinking, what am I doing here? And she'd go, keep going. And I'd brush her hair and i think that's what you do when you're a kid. Or sometimes she'd go, Stuart, go and mix me a drink. And while you're there, put on Charles Aznavour. It's like, all right. So I'd go in there, mix her a drink, and I'd put Charles, and if it was a really big day, it was Nana Muscuri. And we'd put that on. But as you get older, you realise you've got to milk this because it's going to be over soon. So I've been doing the same things to my kids for a long time. But you get away with a lot as a parent. You know, there's the times when you say, hey, stop watching so much TV, your eyes will go square as you're preparing for a night of watching endless TV. Or you go, stop eating before dinner, you'll spoil your appetite as you're snacking on something in the same walk-in pantry that I'm always in. Or get off your screens, everyone, as you pick up your phone for the next, for the 400th time in a day. Or you tell everyone they've got to finish everything on their plate or they're not leaving the table as you're scraping your leftovers into the bin because you're filled up beforehand on the snacks. So, little tip for Emma and Bill, for Stu and Esty, for Georgie and Billy, for anybody else who's got little kids, make the most of it while you can. 
Because a time's going to come when there's a moment where it all changes. And that moment is always characterized by the same phrase. You hear yourself saying a little bit too loud, Hey, do as I say, not as I do. And that's the thing where kids work it out. They look at you and they go, hang on, you're not doing that stuff that you're saying. And they start to challenge you. Now, I sometimes, to be honest, I feel like that when I'm speaking. I get up here and I say, hey, do as I say, not as I do. Because I'm wrestling with some of the things that are in the scripture that I'm wanting to work through. And so I don't come up here as an expert saying, I've worked it all out, just do this. I'm just really coming up to share with you what I think God wants to say. You see, I took myself off the speaking roster a year or so ago. Just life just got so pressured. I just couldn't keep up. Some of you know I've been having some health issues and too much on my plate means that I get a bit overwhelmed. So I took myself off. And then um, things started to settle a bit. So I went, you know what, I'll put my name back on. And then some things happened that filled up my world again. Mostly it's Tanya's fault, I fell in love. <laughs> and that's a beautiful thing. And that led into a wedding and led into moving houses and kids. And suddenly there's a weight and these things that are on our plate for both of us like, whew. And then up popped the roster saying, you're preaching. And I went, oh, okay. I'll sit down, I'll carve out some time. God, what do you want me to speak on? And I felt him prompt me to this passage that I'm going to share in a minute, but it screamed out to me, hypocrite. I went, oh, why do you always choose those ones? A year or so ago, I preached, and I preached on the topic of learning to be content. And if you know me, that's the least likely characteristic you'd say about me. But it was God bringing these things to me as well. And he's bringing this thing to me about how do you live in light of all of the pressures that are happening? Because there is no quieter day coming. It's actually how do you live now? So I'll read it to you in a minute, but it ends with this line. The passage I'm going to read ends with this line. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now the title could have been this. Live freely and lightly. Exclamation mark. Five steps to living a stress-free life. And I could have got away with that. But actually, I liked what Rachel and Emma and Kay did last week and just opened up. So I changed it. I changed the title to this. Is it possible to live freely and lightly? And that's the question I want us to wrestle with this morning. The worst part about that topic was when I said to Tanya, she said, what are you going to speak on? And I said, oh, I'm going to talk on, is it possible to live freely and lightly? And I don't think she really thought about it. She said, no. And then she saw my lip start to quiver and she knew I was trying to talk about that. So she goes, no, no, it is. And then she talked me through a few thoughts she had on that. So I'm going to pray because it sounds like I'm going to really need some help, doesn't it? So let's pray. Father, there's only going to be value in this this morning if you speak. So I ask that you would speak through me and to everyone here who wants to live lightly and freely. Help us to hear what you've got to say in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's a passage going to come up on the screen now if we've got all this organised. But it's one you may not recognise because it comes from a pretty obscure version. You may recognise the version that says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, yada yada. It says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But I like this, this version of it. So let's read through it. And all we're going to do now is walk through this passage. So Jesus says, Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. 
You see, I suspect that so many of us in this room today are anything other than living freely and lightly. Now, it reminded me of the story. I've been doing this stuff with my 21-year-old, just thinking through his story. And a few years ago, we went to Europe. We were going through a, a bit of a tough time as a family, so we went away and I took them to Europe and we went walking everywhere. We went to the mountains. We walked for 20, 25 kilometres every day. But I had a little five-year-old. He was four to five, tiny little fellow, and he loved it. And he would walk around, but he'd get tired. And we all had our backpacks, and so I borrowed this backpack just to, as a symbol of what he used to have on his shoulders. and never have anything more than, you know, than a banana and a snack, maybe. But he'd have it on his back, and he'd set off on the walk. And after a little while, on those particularly hot days, he'd have his little singlet on his shorts, and he'd start to be sweating, and he'd go, Dad! And he'd st we'd stop the walk, and he'd lean up against me, and I could feel his sweaty brow. I'm too tired. It's hot. My backpack's heavy. I can't go on. And you know what I said? I said, you little wimp, man up. This is an adventure. <laughs> Thank you. Of course I didn't say that. This is my little boy. And I'm his dad. So you know what I did? I said, come here. I said, give me your backpack. And I'd grab his backpack and shove it over my shoulder. And then I'd say, come on, give us your hand. And sometimes he was even too worn out for that. And I'd say, how about I pick you up? And he'd go, so I'd pick him up, his backpack on one side, my backpack on the other, and he'd sit on my shoulders. And everything changed in that moment. Because he'd get on my shoulder and he'd wrap his hands around my head. And he'd go, Dad, look at this. And he'd swing me around, Dad. And he just lightened. And everything became easier for him. You see, that's what a good father does. That's what a good parent does when our children are struggling and they're weighed down. We just hold their hand. We take their backpack. We chuck it on our shoulders. And that's really all this message is about. What to do when the backpack of life gets a bit heavy and you're worn out, and you don't know what to do. Who do you turn to? How do you find relief? You need to answer a question right now if we're going to have any value in this, is what's in your backpack? You don't need to put your hand up, but what's in your backpack? Because last week I started to get an insight into other people. Came to church here Sunday, and then suddenly Emma, who I don't know that well, but she tells us about a, a, a marriage that didn't go the right way. And I can only imagine what it was like for that year to be in it and then to get out of it. What was she carrying? And this week, just in my own experience, this week I had a phone call about someone who's in terrible pain. I got an email of a good mate of mine who's got COVID in northern India and his wife's got COVID and his friend just died of COVID. Just this week. Just this week I got a, had a session with a guy online who talked about his wife losing their unborn baby. And then he had an accident where he's ripped his shoulder out of its, out of its uh, socket and he's nerve damage in his hand and he's online fighting back tears as he's sharing. You know, all of us have got a story. Every one of us. And yours may not compare to someone dying of COVID or an unborn child, but it may be just weight and heaviness that's just causing you to feel so flat and so low and unable to keep going. Or if you are, it's just one step at a time. Some of you have very obvious backpacks that are way too heavy. You just can't hide it. And we want to be there for you. But others, you've got a big jumper on and the backpack's underneath and we can't see it. It's private. But I know from my experience in life and from my own experience right now, life can be so heavy at times with so much that you're carrying. Now, it's not all doom and gloom. You only have to look at my beautiful wife to know I've actually got some really good things happening in life and I'm really thankful for that. But it's those other things that keep filling up and filling up and you think, if I can just get through, 
and that quieter day is coming. Now, if you're sitting there scratching your head going, what's he talking about? Praise God. Fantastic. Just tune out. Or maybe stay with me and just file some of the principles you might need later on. So Jesus is the one that's going to address this now. We're just going to work through that passage. And Jesus makes a suggestion when he goes to all these people who are burnt out and tired and worn out. But if you're new to this, or you haven't been to church for a while, and you might go, oh, we're going to hear about the Jesus, the happy Jesus, and everything's good. He's got some credibility. Because if you look at his life, he was born in a tiny little town in the back end of nowhere that people used to say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? People say that about Adelaide a bit too, but we know the secret, don't we? Before his career got off the ground as a chippy, his heavenly father said, change a career, it's going to be much harder, pay a lot less, and it's going to end in tears. But he said, okay. He was surrounded by people who constantly didn't understand him and go, what are you on about? What are we doing? And instead of stamping his feet and spitting the dummy, he kept going patiently with them. One of his best friends betrayed him. The religious leaders who should have been the inspiration and the guides, they turned on him. They accused him. He was beaten up. Crowds called for his torture and his death. One of his closest friends later denied him completely. He was mocked and then crucified. He has credibility. He understands. He is not someone who's out there on a pedestal or in a children's story or a thing on the wall. He understands stress and pain. It says at one point he, he bled or he sweated these great drops of blood. He was under such duress. And so with that background, here's the Jesus who says this in this passage to the crowd. Are you guys tired? Are you worn out? And it seems to me that this isn't a modern phenomenon because we're so crazy in our world. It's been there forever. And back then, he looked at the crowd, what they were going through. He goes, hey, you guys know what I'm talking about? Are you, are you worn out? Are you tired? And I imagine people looked around and then gone, yes, we are. He says, are you burned out on religion? I'm not sure of that interpretation, so I'm just going to take the first part. I'm not sure what the burned out in religion is all about, although if you serve in the church for any length of time, you know exactly what that's about. There's lots demanded of you. And sometimes when you give your life to Christ, you go, oh, hang on, what are all the things I have to do now to be a good Christian? And that can weigh you down. But let's just ask you this question. Are you burnt out with kids, with work, with health? Because if you are, there's a message for you. You see, the demands and the pressures of life can be relentless. So what would your answer be to that? Are you tired, worn out, burned out, or starting to burn out? And you know, it's okay to be honest. We're in this together. Mum and I were talking the other day, when Mother's Day, about the craziness of life. How in my day, when I was a young lad, your kids could work part-time, but on a Thursday night till 9 o'clock, or a Saturday, night, Saturday morning till midday. Now, it's all over the place. There's sport, there's friends, there's things that are happening everywhere. Or at work. You might be working, the demands of work, where we're teaching everyone to be more efficient and multitask and do a million more things. And then you've got serving in the church, you've got family, you've got all sorts of things. It's a crazy world. And if this is you and you can resonate with any one of those things, let's see what Jesus says. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Don't run from God at times like this. You want to run to God. Rachel said to last week that she'd mastered the art of running away from God. 
And I suspect, as she shared with us, there were things that caused her to want to run from God. But actually, God says the opposite. Jesus here says, come to me. Come to me. When life's too much, you're way down and pressured. Come to me. He says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I love that idea. Get away with me. It's not just come to me, turn to me, read something and it's all better. It's get away with me. Learn to spend time with me. And if you do that, you'll recover your life. And he says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. This isn't a sleep in that you can squeeze in once in a while. This is a real rest that allows you to live well in the midst of all of the busyness that you're facing. Now, this all sounds good in principle, but the question is how? How do you do this? And the thing I've discovered with Jesus is he never leaves you with a principle without some practice to follow, something to do. And I love this next bit. He says, walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Walk with me. I don't know if you're walkers, but if you are, that's one of the best things you can do is to get outside and you walk alongside someone else. And you've got to work out a pace where you can go together. We don't always. I had a friend that I went to Europe with a couple of years ago, and he's the fastest walker in the history of the world. And he and his wife went for a walk, and I said, can I join you? And he bolted, and within a few minutes, he was 100 metres ahead. And I went, what's this? She goes, we just can't walk at the same pace. So he does his thing. I said, what a lovely experience that is. Go for a walk together. I said I was going to buy them a walkie-talkie, so at least they could actually chat to each other. But when you walk with someone, the idea is you walk together. You see things together. You talk about things, you share things, you open up. And even when it's really hard, the things you're talking about, sometimes walking means you're both looking this way and you don't have to have eye contact when the tears flow. And that's what Jesus says. He goes, hey, hey, walk with me. Come and walk with me. Spend time with me. Learn as we walk what's important to me. Talk to me about the conflicts you're in. I'll tell you how to handle conflict. Talk to me about what's bothering you and I'll tell you how we can resolve it. Now, I'm going to be really honest here. When I do that with Jesus, I tend to do a lot of the talking. But I once was reminded by a a, um, Catholic priest who said, you evangelicals do a lot of talking to God, not a a lot of listening to him. So I actually started to walk and actually say, God, incline my thoughts to you. And I was silent for a while. And then you'd be amazed at what comes in that moment. I didn't hear his voice all the time. But I inclined my thoughts and things started to feel a little bit easier as I handed things to him. He says, walk with me. Talk to me about your weariness, your pressures, all the things you're going through. Then he says, work with me. Like that. It isn't just a matter of handing all over and it's all over. It's work with me. And there's a fantastic passage in Colossians 1.29 where Paul, under so much pressure, he said this, To this end I labour, struggling with all his energy that so powerfully works in me. That's the promise. That's the theology, if you want something deep here, is God has sent his son to die for us so that we might live. And then he leaves with us the Holy Spirit who lives in us and works through us. We never do this on our own. It's not a matter of rolling our sleeves up and going, if I just try harder, like the little red engine, I can get over this hump. It's a matter of actually saying, I have all the power of God living in me. I need to get in that habit of working with him and saying, I can't handle this, but you can. 
I don't know how to forgive, but you do. I'm not sure how to cope, but you know how to get me through. I don't have energy, but you do. It's just that constant reminder. We don't do this Christian life on our own. We don't do life on our own when we know Jesus. And then he says this, watch how I do it. That's so different to me as a parent, which goes, do as I say, not as I do. He says, do as I do, not just what I say. So we've got to get our eyes on him and watch him. And when we do that, what do we see? We see a Jesus who was called to give up his career because his father wanted something. And what did he do? He did it. So there's obedience. When we watch him, we see an obedient son. When Jesus kept getting misunderstood, and instead of getting frustrated, he was patient and kept explaining. When his friends let him down, and most of us want to shake our fists at a friend who had dobbed us in, and ultimately is going to lead to our death, he had compassion. When the leaders of the church, those people that should have been the example, when they let him down, when they accused him, he forgave them. When he was beaten up, he didn't fight back. He even asked God as he was on a cross, he said, forgive them, they know not what they're doing. When the crowds cried out for his death, you know what I would have done? If I'd been hanging on there for the people, I'm about about to die for this crowd, and they're mocking and saying things, I would have ripped those nails off and I would have smite a lot of them. Not him. He went willingly to his death for life. You might have to edit this bit out. What time are we up to? What time? 20? Okay. I have a reputation, Kay will tell you, I have the reputation for the longest sermon that's been spoken here. And I said one day to um, Graham, I said, how did I go this time, Graham? This only went for 16 minutes. And he went, it felt a heck of a lot longer. (laughs) (laughs) At Mitcham Hills, we love God's word. And the reason we do is because we get to learn about Jesus. And when we do, we learn about honouring our parents. We learn about forgiving those who wrong us over and over again. We learn about not seeking wealth but being content. We learn about being generous with others and giving to those in need. We learn about loving your enemies, taking time off to rest each week. We learn about not worrying about tomorrow. We read the word because we want to learn about Jesus. So we watch him. We get our eyes on him. You can only watch if your eyes are on him. So here's my encouragement. Become someone who reads the word. Here's another encouragement. This isn't probably... You know, straight out of Theology 101. But there's a, there's a series of videos I've been watching called The Chosen. And it's the most incredible dramatization of the life of Jesus. And I've cried in a number of those episodes because I go, that's the Jesus I gave my life to. That's the Jesus. So if reading the Bible has been a bit dry for you, struggling as you pray and as you walk, The Chosen's a really good thing. So Jesus says in this passage that if you do this, If you come to me, if you walk with me, work with me, watch me, you'll learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And I absolutely love that phrase, the unforced rhythms of grace. You see, grace is getting what we don't deserve. It's unmerited favour. There's nothing you can do to earn it, demand it, negotiate for it, force it. It just comes as a gift. That's the Christian life. Not if we do enough, we get the blessing of God. We get the blessing of God because of what Jesus has done. Now, I think Jesus knows this is not always the case because he says in the next verse, 
I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. He's not taking one backpack off you and replacing it with another heavy one. Not at all. He says, I'm going to be gentle and loving and caring. I'm going to be the one who carries the heavy stuff in your life. And then he says this, keep company with me. And if you do this, you'll learn to live freely and lightly. In the crazy, busy, stressed out, pressured world, there is a way to live freely and lightly. It's a learning thing. He says, you'll learn. It's not going to just happen. You'll learn. So here's my conclusion. I think I'm probably out my overtime now. She's nodding. Don't tell Kay, please. <laughs> Can we do this on one and a half speed when we record it back? <laughs> okay. The answer to the question is we can live freely and lightly. Jesus says there's a way and I'll show you how to do it. But in the end, it's our decision whether we want to go down this path or not. It's our decision whether we'll come to him, we'll watch him, we'll work with him. That's our decision. He says when life feels heavy and you feel overwhelmed, what does he do? He invites us to come to him. He promises to show us and to teach us. He promises to take that heavy lifting and take that backpack and say, I've got you on my shoulders. I'll carry you. But we have to respond. This is not a once-off. Do it, and there everything works out. In fact, you know what? You'll continue to face challenges in life. But it might just feel that little bit lighter, a little bit less heavy, and you might have a little bit more skip in your step. If this is your first time, you'll find a Jesus that just wraps his arm around you. If you haven't been there for a while and you feel nervous about coming back to him, don't. You'll never get any judgment. If it's not your habit, let it become your habit. And maybe you're here today just because he wanted to say something to you about life can be a little bit different going forward. Just come to me and I'll turn up and I'll love you and wrap my arms around you and you'll start to see things in a completely different way and experience life in a completely different way. And when it gets too heavy, just lean your head up against me and I'll chuck you up on my shoulders, carry your bag and we'll get through this together because Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us and he loves us. Let me pray. Father, I just want to thank you that you've got a passage in there that tells us how much you love us and no matter how much we're struggling, that you will always be there for us and help us through the toughest times. So help us to develop habit of turning to you and not running from you. And we thank you for the invitation and the promise. And I ask that you'd bless the individuals here who are sitting and thinking about what's weighing them down. I commit this to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. that message we just hope that perhaps if he's challenged you maybe you're carrying a backpack and and you need a reminder or want prayer that God is with you and helps you then please reach out people in our community more than happy to pray for you um, online or in person wherever you may be so just encourage you to do that and if you want to know more as I said earlier if you want to know more about things going on in the life of our church then jump online um, check us out and um, we hope you have a great week.